Welcome to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. I'm a mildly irritated Kyle Bird, and um, with me here is Matt Barley. <laughs> um, and uh, if all goes according to plan, this episode should be released on Halloween. So this is our our Halloween special, um, even though there's not really much special about it. Other than we have two of our uh, returning guest hosts, we have um, Kaiju for Hipsters author Kevin Darendorf. Hello, I'm not mildly irritated. Well, that's good. Um, and uh, we have, uh, of course, our friend who is here a lot, but especially in October, we have uh, uh, Tom. Yeah, and I'm wildly irritated. <laughs> But you're always irritated, Tom. That's you were supposed to start this episode by saying that you were a, a what was the what was the specific <laughs> phrase a, a a multitudinal other or whatever. What was the? Um, um I don't know. I can't remember the specific wording. <laughs> but you you were one of the multiple others. I think we should start with some news. We should celebrate. Because there's this big budget uh, movie uh, made by Legendary Pictures and Warner Brothers. It has a giant. It has like giant uh, uh, creatures in it. It's got a cast of people that that you know you know from a whole lot of stuff. And fans for a long time have been worried they aren't going to make a follow up. And they finally said we are going to make a sequel to Dune. Um. And uh, it only took a matter of days uh, for that uh, announcement. Um, I so see where it, you're going with this. No, I, 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 I mean, that's awesome. I saw Dune over the weekend. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I, I walked away thinking it would be a damn shame if they didn't do a second one. Um, why, why are you staring at me the way that you must be staring at me? This is huge. I'm sure you're not bringing up Dune in a uh, kaiju podcast for no reason. Bird reason is we're good dealer. <laughs> well, uh, it only took a matter of days for them to choose a side on if there will be more Dune or not. Um. And and you're you're not attempting to draw any parallels whatsoever, <laughs> I'm sure. To a certain to movie how that came out, <laughs> to 
how it has been seven months, <laughs> right? Seven, five, a number of months <laughs> since Godzilla versus Kong, and they're still quote looking into it or something. <laughs> yes, uh, I guess the point I'm making is that when they know when they know they want to do a sequel. Uh, it's like it's like what newspapers do on the su- on the day of the Super Bowl. They print a bunch of papers with each team winning, and they put out the paper with the team that wins, and the other paper they throw out. Uh, it goes to some poor child in Africa. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, oh, I, I, I think I think uh, what I'm trying to say is, and you know, hey, if if I end up being wrong. I will eat crow somewhere, you know, somewhere down the line. But uh, I think we can stop holding our breath at this point. I, it, he's dead, Jim. Bird was so mildly irritated that he decided to also irritate any Godzilla fan that still listens to us and doesn't expect us to troll either <laughs> King of the Monsters or, or Godzilla versus Kong. I'm just saying I, I don't think it's happening. I think we're done. <laughs> I I still hold out like I guess a, a slim sliver of I don't know about hope because I just kind of don't care. <laughs> like if if it happens, I'll, I'll watch it and be cool with it or whatever. But like I still hold out like a slim sliver of whateverness, whatever you call that, <laughs> uh, towards the the potential for like an animated. Kong. Well, that, that's happening. Uh, the Netflix thing that's happening, and that's you know that I that there's that's in production. But oh, okay. I I don't think we're we're not getting any movies. I don't think I I think that I think that's I think that's done. Might have been more Thomas Tull's whole uh, mag- magnum opus, and without him calling as many shots, it might be. Deep or any art. shots. <laughs> yeah. He like lives on a farm now. He's not <laughs> I guarantee you he hasn't he probably I don't even know he probably hasn't even seen <laughs> seen these. <laughs> He's gone. Um anyway, yeah, no, I, I I don't know. I I think that I think there's a sign there that, you know, if this would have happened, if 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 people were as, you know, uh gung-ho about its success as they thought as everyone says i you know i i think we would we would know by now um anyway <clears throat> what a spooky bit of news yeah Do we i don't think we have any actual spooky news the yokai set is pretty cool that came out the, the arrow uh box set yeah it looks cool. I haven't had a chance to dig into it yet. Um. Anyway, uh. Also, um, by the time this comes out, I believe the world will know that we have Ruhei Kitamura for Kaiju Masterclass. So, um, I can announce that. Canceled. <laughs> <laughs> No, he 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 gave a he gave a he he gave a good interview. I'm I'm happy with it. Me and Steve Rifle did that one. Uh, that'll wanted be wanted for crimes against Godzilla. <laughs> that'll be the closing uh, uh, event on Sunday. Um, 
anyway uh but yes listeners that is november 5th 6th and 7th on the youtubes stay tuned to kaijumasterclass.com and the facebook and twitter and instagram for further announcements and whatnot anyway you just legitimately called it the facebook yeah is that I'm the like, new brand name that Zuckerberg is going to use? Instead of just Facebook, <laughs> the Facebook, they just put the the in front of it. I'm like 70. I'm allowed to say that. Um, all right. My mom asked me what channel Squid Games was on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, it's on the Netflix, obviously. <laughs> She she said, "What channel is it on Netflix?" I was just like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> um. All right, so we are here to talk about two movies nobody's heard of. <laughs> I don't even know if I don't I don't know if how how uh, known they are in Japan even, uh, but that's what we do here sometimes. Um, the one of them, if you Google it, you literally almost don't find any results. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, we have a pair of movies from the 1980s um, directed by Makoto Tezuka, who um, is the son of the... Uh, Manga Godfather himself, Osamu Tezuka, um, and uh, these are two yokai films, um, Monster Heaven, um, which I'm struggling to even find the IMDb <laughs> page That's for. the one. <laughs> what, what do you need to know? What year was the first Monster Heaven? It's not on IMDb. It's, what? It's 1986. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, uh, Monster Heaven Ghost Hero from 1990, um, and uh, yeah, what they, yeah, the first one's not even on IMDb, so just people who uh, rely on IMDb for everything, or maybe it is, but uh, it's like not is it like under Yokai Tengoku or something like that. Yeah, or um, I'm gonna get that figured out. Uh, or, you know, it might be one of those things where IMDb has, like, because uh, I'm on uh, Tezuka's page right now, and it's not on there, so it might be one of those things where, like, oh, no, yeah, I, it, 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 there's no IMDb uh, page linked to it on uh, Letterboxd either, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I thought stuff had to be in IMDb to no, be on No, no, it has to be on uh, TMDB, which is the movie database. Um, IMD, but then if it has an IMDb entry, it'll link to that too. Um, all right. So one of these movies, if you're one of those people that thinks IMDb knows everything, you know, this, some movies don't even exist on there. Um, so, um, uh, I'm, I'm thankful to have Kevin here because, um, he's going to guide some of this. So correct me if I'm wrong, which I am, am. It's entirely possible. Were these at one point pitched to Daye as an attempt to do more yokai films? Yeah, there's a there's a very cryptic comment about um about it on 
the Japanese Wikipedia page for the <laughs> Dae uh, Yokai trilogy, uh, where it says basically that they were conceived of as, or at least the first one was conceived of as uh, a part of a part of a plan to reboot or continue the um, the the Yokai Monsters franchise. Uh, this is. I, I, I'm really curious to get some more information about this. Uh, I haven't been able to dig up anything about exactly how this all went down. Uh, but this would have been right around the time when we know that uh, Dae was planning to remake Daimajin at this time. And uh, this was right when those Yokai Monsters movies were released on VHS in Japan at the same time. So it would have made sense if they were considering doing something like that. Uh, and this was also uh, shortly after uh, Makoto Tezuka had his first theatrical film, although that did not do particularly well because there's no justice in the world, uh, Legend of Stardust Brothers. Which is so, on Blu-ray now. Yes, from SRS. Uh, and that is a fantastic, fantastic movie. Highly recommend checking it out. It's not super uh, toksatsui, but if you are a cult film fan, uh, you will enjoy the hell out of it. I have my Blu-ray. I have not watched it yet. It's a it's a hoot. Um, but yeah, this is this was um, something that that Tezka went ahead and and did without the production of of Dae as as a part of it. Um, so did he do and, these independently? Were these? Uh, I'm assuming they were TV or straight to video or something because of the aspect ratio. This was, uh, the, the, the first one um, was direct-to-video. The second one seems like it did get a limited theatrical release, but it, not broadly. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so, um, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say about uh, Tezuka other than uh, you seem to like him? He seems yeah. like he's he's made a lot of movies, so I it, it it's almost it's one of those things where it almost feels like wrong to just say, oh, he's Osamu Tezuka's son. Yeah, he's he's a he's a decent filmmaker in his own right. Uh, unfortunately, he has kind of gotten pigeonholed as Osamu Tezuka's son, and when people bring up what he's done, they're like, oh, he's the guy that directed this adaptation of Osamu Tezuka's Blackjack or this adaptation of Osamu Tezuka's Barbara. But you know he's he's done uh, quite a lot of uh, of films in his own right, and uh, you know, in addition to being a being a director and, and writer, he's um, he's you know been an actor. He was in Nobuhiko Obayashi's uh, School in the Crosshairs, for an example, um, and just kind of all over that that independent film world. Uh, so he's he's. Uh, kind of, kind of a respectable creative um, to to keep an eye out for, uh, and you know, again with Legends of Stardust Brothers available, would recommend checking that out. Uh, you know, much like Osamu Tezuka, he does have you know a bit of a history with yokai, and uh, one of the one of the fun things I, I stumbled across while looking up stuff for this is, um, you know, the the yokai boom in Japan started in. 1967-ish, uh, you know, thanks to the popularity of uh, Gegege no Kitaro. And um, Osamu Tezuka 
and writing a manga called uh, Dororo at this time, uh, which was about, you know, a, a this samurai guy that's, that's hunting down various yokai. But one of the yokai that Osamu Tezuka incorporated into Dororo was designed by Makoto Tezuka, who was like six at the time. So he's, he's even back then, he was, uh, he was working technically in the, uh, in the entertainment industry to, to do with, uh, with yokai. But yeah, it was, um, he was like 25 when, uh, Monster Heaven came out. Okay. Um, uh, and, uh, the co-writer is a guy named Masato Harada, who, uh, is in a, in a lot of, uh, movies he's um well he's not in a lot of movies he's written a lot of movies but he's in uh the last samurai with tom cruise and uh he wrote gunhead um so yeah harada did <laughs> ghost hero he didn't the, the first one uh, well uh, uh oh okay i'm i'm yeah. already getting all messed yeah. up. these movies are not well documented yeah yeah the first <laughs> one was with uh yoshio urasawa uh who you would know from from writing Car Ranger and Rama One Half, so he's kind of a, a comedy dude. Okay. Um, so, uh, oh, and we also have uh, uh, creatures made by uh, Tomo Haraguchi in uh, in this one as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, I don't. I mean, since this is an anthology, and it, I mean, we're not. We're probably not going to be spending too much time on these. Uh, should, do you guys want to just go like we can do like each each segment? Sure, that works. Okay. Um, so um, I guess I'll I'll we have a sort of uh, framing segment, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, um, with some Russian astronauts in on the moon um, and. Um, our subtitles, which could barely translate it into English, um, do not subtitle the, <laughs> the Russians at all. Uh, they find a katana, and then, um, we get a, a, a scene of, I don't, I don't quite understand this part, so someone, maybe, Kevin, if you, it's, if you can yeah, help. It's... I don't, I don't understand what comes after that, because we get, uh... This woman talking to like this, I, it's, it's it's basically a one thousand one nights sort of scenario where yeah, we're just gonna kill her and she's like, here, let me tell you stories to distract you until you don't kill me or something. Yeah, that's more or less what I picked up on it. Is, so it's like a wraparound is, within a wraparound. Yes, that's insane already. <laughs> It's, it, I, I, as an it's, anthology, this is very unconventional. <laughs> my my vague pickup of it is she, oh boy, she may possibly have seduced him in order to get close to him in order to assassinate him. Because she is either the actual daughter or just an assassin or whatever from one of his rivals. And he's gonna kill her, and then he's like, "It looks 
to liking that you are happening to be beautiful. <laughs> these are the these are I mean these are not far from what the subtitles say. So if we're if we don't get the story exactly right, forgive us, I guess. Right? Because that's that's kind of he's like, oh, basic basically he's like, oh, but you're beautiful. So uh, before I kill you, how about you? Do you have do you have like any last words? And she's like, Yeah, here's a story. <laughs> right? Hi. Like I, I, I mean that, that's that's more or less what I'm what I picked up on it. Pretty she much. says like she she kind of is like I could tell you that like the story of a man who's greater than you or something. And she basically is like, I'm gonna tell you a story of like uh, someone. Essentially, yeah. And then she tells the story of the first story is is like heartbreaking. This this uh, samurai, maybe. Yeah. So so yeah, Tom. I mean, yeah, you can take the segue there and and give us the yeah, first story here. The samurai has a wife who, from my gathering, it seemed like just the way it was portrayed that she had tuberculosis uh, or was potentially faking having tuberculosis in order to sleep uh, sleep with his servant behind his back. Um, so she like has tuberculosis. That's that's what I just the, the depiction of it really seemed like that. It looked like a lot of if you see old period piece Japanese movies like she had tuberculosis and um, she like kind of convinces him to go fishing or to go out and go do things and uh, while he's out he she sleeps with his assistant or servant or something and while he's out one day he comes across a kappa or a river virgin, as <laughs> some, some titles call it. Yeah, um, river virgin. And uh, he uh, he he's out, and he like catches it on his line, and it breaks the fishing pole. So he goes back. He's talking to the servant, and the servant's like, "Hey, you could you could like actually catch this thing, and it's worth a lot of money be- because of reasons." Uh, but be careful because they're known to eat flesh. They like the way flesh tastes. So he's like, here, I'll fix your pole for you. Why don't you go? Go. Leave. Bye. Go now. And he's mildly suspicious of them being so willing to get him out of the house. Pretends to leave. And he's like, aha, you were cheating on me all along. And slices them up with his with his katana. So then he then he does go and he uses his wife's meat to catch the kappa. Ties it up and like waits for it to dry out and then brings it home after it's all dried out and dead and gets drunk and then like falls asleep and a storm happens and he gets haunted by the ghost of his wife and her lover. And also it's raining, so the kappa comes back to life. And that's a problem, because it likes flesh. 
Yes. That's that story. <laughs> That's like more than half the movie also. Like as an yeah. anthology, it's it's Yeah, it's weird. Of... Uh you know, the this movie's only fifty minutes, but uh yeah, most of the first story is that that's most of the runtime um i felt really bad for this guy i was like he doesn't seem to be anything other than a fairly caring dutiful husband you know like his wife comes down with that coughing fit and she's like no go like do what you gotta do and he's like i don't want to leave while you're sick like that's not fair to you it doesn't get weird like, no. <laughs> he doesn't get weird until he uses her flesh to Laura <laughs> <Lura> Kappa. <laughs> well, but yeah, but by that point, he already got cheated on. <laughs> That's Tom true. Tom is pro-murdering your wife <laughs> if she ever cheats. Note to self. Listen, I'm just saying I understand <laughs> that when you come back and you find your wife in bed with another man, crimes of passion happen. <laughs> I, I mean, you're, the depiction of him is like up up until that point, he's just trying to take care of her and she's not great. And then his uh, servant is bragging about fooling him. He hears the conversation that kind of is, is one of the reasons it kind of brings him back in. It is sad, though. Like, and there's a there's a fair amount of like. Gore where I mean, they they rip out like they're in they show the aftermath of the attacks and like they have their intestines and stuff ripped out. And then he has that weird line about the, the flesh thing, which brings uh, the Kappa. Does anyone know what's with the little girl? Is she the same character as the the giant at the end? Uh, they may, yeah, that could maybe be. very similar outfit, but it's unclear. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> while while this guy is fishing and almost catching a kappa. There's like a little girl who appears behind him and he's like, what, what doing are you? Go to away. <laughs> She's wearing the and same, like, uh, like the same outfit though, is the, the, the giant lady. Yeah. Right? And he like scares her off. And does she, does she then appear in. Like, is she like a harbinger of the yokai in general? Does she appear, like, in another story at another point? Yeah, I'm wondering if the idea is that she's kind of like like Sam in Trick or Treat or something. Like, She shows up at the end of the second one, too. She shows up at the very end of this segment and grabs the sword that he has used to kill. Is that thus? Is that the sword? Yeah, are, 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 is this moon. all the same like sword that we're we're seeing? That seems to be what I thought the implication was, but I don't know Russian, and they don't tell us. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone needs someone needs to a redo the English subtitles, but also find a, a Russian translator for the the moon sequence. SRS. Please. Yes, please help. Uh, uh, we should mention the actor that plays the 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 fisherman. Um, people would know him from a bunch of stuff, but uh, mostly Godzilla movies. Um, in Final Wars, that's the one that I thought. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in. Uh, what's that actor's name, Kevin? Sato Ibe. 
Yeah, yeah. He's in uh, Final Wars. He's in Mega Gearus. Um, he usually plays he's the guy- villains. <laughs> he's, he's in the guy Mika Droid. He is oh, in yeah. Mika Droid, uh, <clears throat> which also has uh, Makoto Tezuka in it. So, yep. There you go. There, there's your. Uh, the, these feel very much of that era, by the way. Um, that 80s um, kind of like low budget, like creature movies from Japan. Um, the Kappa design's neat. Yeah, I like the Kappa. It's a cool little puppet. I like it. I like when he uh he opens his mouth like really wide and like bites the dude's neck out. Yeah, it was started a, a Tomo Haraguchi down a long career of making Kappas. Yeah, what's this what's this guy's deal with Ka- he's all about them, isn't he? I mean, we've got this, we've got Sakuya, Kibakichi, Death Kappa. Um. Uh, and then that that same suit shows up in um, the Great Horror Family also. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he he must love his his kappas. Um. Anyway, uh, how'd you guys feel about the this short here? I like this one. I do yeah, too. It's the most fun. conventional of the of the three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you could make it through this this segment and still kind of be convinced that this is a normal movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like it. I I like the atmosphere. I I think I think it it, it takes a little a little while to get going, but once it does, it's it it turns into kind of a cool little like. I don't know, it feels almost like a Japanese Tales from the Dark Side episode or yeah. something. Yep. Um okay, I am uh one, two, three, not it. Uh who wants to <laughs> try and do the next one? Is that uh, the black and white one? Yes. Yeah. This one's insane. <laughs> the, yeah. It's all of about two and a half minutes long. It's in it's in like black and white. It it looks like the the style is really kind of awesome. Like it because it super duper looks like a nineteen tens silent movie. And it's basically this girl is like she's you know again sets up the story. She's like, well, there's this sacrificial place in. I don't know if she says a town and it's just not translated well. But there's a sacrificial place and people go there and they sacrifice. And then you get like a series of like 10 to 30 second vignettes of people going to this altar, which is a pool of hot rocks. This this one felt very culturally specific, I think, where there's like a lot of culturally specific jokes that that a, a Japanese viewer might instantly pick up on that I'm just sitting there like, I don't know what the f- is happening here. But people like, it's big, it almost seems like a wishing well. People like throw things into it and they're like, oh, I want something. And then they get like a twisted version of that somehow. Or like, I don't know, the one dude sneezes and his eyeball comes out. <laughs> it goes straight up house for a minute. 
he yeah. the the one guy sneezes and his fake teeth pop out, and the other guy sneezes and his eyes pop out, and then they go and try and pick him up, and they pick up the wrong things and put him back in the wrong holes. It, it's it's just an insane series of vignettes that have nothing to do with anything. That after about I don't know four minutes of this, it cuts back to the framing device. And the dude is like, it, it like cuts off like in the middle of one of the stories too. And, and the, the guy is like, so boring. <laughs> um, but according to Kevin, a bunch of the actors in this, in these little vignettes are famous mangaka. Yeah. So, so Tezuka, you know, Osamu, the, the god of manga, he's like the head priest at this, this shrine. And then the guy that's trying to steal the Odin or, or whatever, that's Kazuo Umez, who uh, you would know. You, you guys did a whole Kazuo Umez episode, right? Yeah, we did the Snake Girl stuff. I think we did something else yeah. that might have been involved in. Yeah. Did you ever do the Curse of? Classroom and Cat-Eyed Boy and stuff like that. The Curse of what? The Curse of Kazuo Umezu? No. That movie's crazy. That's, yeah, it, that's another, like, 50 minute anthology yeah uh i think he also did god's left hand devil's right hand or whatever the, the right oh, yeah. yeah 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 we did that one um so yeah he's he's like a big big horror icon basically um so if you're if you're like into junji ito or whatever this is the guy that junji ito looks up to um so then Shigeru Mizuki, who was the, uh, you know, creator-ish of Kitaro, uh, and kind of the guy that popularized yokai, he is the he's the guy that sneezes and his eye comes out, and then he gets the, um, his eye replaced with teeth. Uh, and the easy way to recognize him is that he's actually missing one of his arms. Um, and then I believe the other guy that's there with him is uh, Noburu Baba, but I don't know that. For sure, uh, no, Nobu Baba was a, um, like sort of a, a children's book illustrator, but um, yeah, these are all like big, big, big figures in the in the manga world, which I guess Makoto just kind of knew because of growing up in the industry that he grew up in. Uh, so I yeah I I'm still not sure what. I don't know. This whole, the, the 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 that whole this whole section is I don't know how to like how do you there's even talk a, about? It? <laughs> there's a madcap insane energy to it and there's definitely things about it that seem like they might be funny. <laughs> but like <laughs> but I but like you we also I feel like there's there's context lacking, you know? Oh, like yeah. Yeah. And and it might be, it might be an implicit cultural context that we just don't get because we are Americans, you know. Like it'd be like it'd be like having a a, a vignette, you know, where all of a sudden you see a a giant walk through with a huge axe and a giant blue ox walk behind him that like creates lakes and by pee by peeing in them or something right and like <laughs> and, an, and an american would watch that and be like oh it's paul bunyan ha 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 and the great lakes are piss 
Like, haha, that's funny. But like a Japanese viewer would be like, what the f- what was that? <laughs> and I wonder if there's some of that going on here. Well, like there's the whole thing with the guy in the, the box and he's trying to steal, I guess, the money because people are coming to make their offerings and asking for like favors and prayers and stuff. And then it ends with him like trying to fish it out from above a tree. And there's like a he's basically dropping a bucket from the tree into this like box with all the money. And some kid sees it and he yanks on it and he pulls the guy out of the tree and it falls. And then the box eats him. And it grows legs and walks away with the priest. (laughs) It's insane. And I'm sure that's like some yokai monster that I don't know. But like I. I, It it was it's, it's a wild like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um okay. Um and then uh the final one um is uh stars um Hideo Amamoto who is in every movie that we've ever <laughs> talked about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh I I don't know. I guess I guess the, the there's a lot of them, but I guess kaiju fans would know him uh, easy, like easiest from what King Kong Escapes is Doctor Who or the the Toy Maker and Godzilla's Revenge. I mean, but he's in everything. Common Rider. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's in Common Rider. He's in um, Message GMK. from Space. Yeah, GMK. Um, uh, he's he's everywhere. Um. Uh, but, uh, this one has, um, uh, is it this, is it this guy's daughter? Like, there's, um... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, uh, these two guys that, uh, they murder this guy's daughter. I don't recall why. What was the dispute He owes them money or yeah it was something yeah yeah anyway um to to i guess uh compress compress the story a bit but uh um uh her grandfather is blind and um he doesn't know that his dead daughter like he doesn't know that she's dead or that like uh anything happened to her um and uh he ends up bumping into this creature that's covered in a blanket that like for some reason these kids are like bullying beating yeah, yeah, I, they're, I, I don't know. yeah they're like beating them with sticks and stuff and he's like oh hey that's not nice like you kids go away and then he's like oh i'll help you you know we'll we'll be friends and he he takes this creature into his house and um <laughs> uh so the 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 creature kind of takes on the form of of uh the dead girl when the these guys come back to the house um and uh it it eventually reveals itself to be like a, a well like a, a a creature of course but like trying to figure out how to explain this it's like if you took one of the a character from the peanuts and like <laughs> but it, they were like a real person but still <laughs> maintained all their cartoonish uh 
like yeah like the beady eyes <laughs> yeah and... yeah yeah uh it's or 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 like i don't know it all or like it looks or like kind of like how a kid would draw someone or something yeah it looks like a child's drawing of like a person <laughs> um I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm sure there it is because there's like hundreds of them. But it, it, do, Kevin, is that an actual yokai? That like, I'm sure it is. Right. I mean, I'm. I'm not sure about that. Is they they call it a hara hara? Is that right? Yeah. 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 I'm not familiar with that one. Well, I hope it is because it's incredibly bizarre looking. Um. I I'm I'm not sure that we're really doing it uh justice <laughs> but yeah, uh but, I mean, it could have been like a garbage pail kid. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but it it makes the two murderers basically laugh so hard that their jaws like like enlarge and they laugh themselves to death. And foam at the mouth. Yeah, and foam upsetting. at the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's really upsetting. Um and then after that we, we go back to our framing device on the moon where one of the astronauts kills the other one with the sword and then the, the... You're skipping a whole section though. Oh aren't am I? you? Yeah. I... We go back to the framing device within the framing oh. device. <laughs> okay. Where the guy's like, all right, I've had enough of your bullshit stories. I'm going to chop your head off. And she's like, do it already. And then like a and, bunch and, of yokai come. And he right? does. And then she's like, haha, I'm not like a person or whatever. And then like a bunch of yokai come to get him. And then the sword gets struck by lightning. <laughs> and then we smash cut to the moon. Yeah, and then one of the and then since we don't know what they're talking about, one of the Russians kills the other one, and then the ghost lady from before comes out and like hugs the planet. There you go. And uh, that that's Monster Heaven Part One. Um, I no that that it was a uh, that was an experience. Um, I'll say uh. Overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I really wish there were better subtitles for that. Like someone needs to do a better job. I don't know where I don't know where these subtitles came from, but it's all that's available. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know who did that or or what. But um, I, I feel like with better subtitles, this could go up like a whole like star for me. But I enjoyed it, what I, you know, I enjoyed it. I just wish I knew more of what was happening. I, uh, my wife's eyebrows just perked up when she heard that. So. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain parts where I really wonder if a translation would help. There are several parts. <laughs> where I think it was yeah, you think? <laughs> no, no, there's, there's parts where I... I I doubtful it would though. Like, I mean, like the second the second segment I get because it's it's silent and it's insane. I would love to know more about the everything on the moon. I really, yeah, I I would like to know if that 
has any connective tissue at all other than this sword like and and I don't and I don't know if I don't boy I don't know if I want it to or if I don't <laughs> like I don't know if I want it to just be insane that the sword somehow ended up on the moon and two Russian cosmonauts happened <laughs> to find it and kill each other or if I want it to be like oh this is the fabled sort of whatever that legend says was struck by lightning and flung to the moon because of something. I, I have a question for the three of you, actually. What, which which segment was your favorite of the bunch? The well, Hideo Amamoto's. Uh, no, yeah, that's no my. Question. Yeah, I think I think yeah, so too. Same. Yeah. That the that the the little Kappa creature is cool, but I I I I really liked that one and the the way it ends with the the reveal of the creature and the guys laughing themselves to death. That was that was really really good. I like that. It's one really it's really unique too, you know, like and and everything about it, you know, like it it. I really like the the playing on of you know the audience knows that his. That it's not his daughter who's talking to him. The audience knows she's dead, and and we know that it's this creature, but we never get the reveal of what it looks like, right? So. Oh, and the the creature is deaf, right? Uh, well, it, it at least feigns deafness because they Amamoto's character is is, is blind, blind and can't right, see. Right, right. Yeah. So it just like, when they first respond. meet. Yeah. So and it feigns deaf, being deaf, or it is. It's not clear. At least I don't think it's clear. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, uh, it, you never get to see it until like the very end. And then they build up the reveal and they really build it up like it's going to be like some horrible monster, you know, because when, when Hideo Amamoto meets it, it's like the size of a child. And, um, then when these two thugs come in and they're like, ah, we did kill your daughter. Ma ha ha ha. And he's like, what do you mean? I've been talking to my daughter. And they're like, no, she's over here. We killed her. And he's like, that's that's pretty mean. You shouldn't have done that. Uh, <laughs> the the creature like starts like hulking up and it becomes, you know, like we see it kind of growing and it becomes like seven feet tall, but you still only see it from the back. And the two. Uh, what do they call those like little fire whisper things that. There's like a name for them. Itadama? Maybe. Let's, let's, um, let's go with that then. <laughs> I think it I think it I think it quite on they call them like Will of the Wisp or something like that, or yeah. Wisp of the Will or something. Whatever. Um because those things are all over Quidon too. Uh they like start swirling around and you're like, oh, this thing's gonna turn around, it's gonna be like some monster and it's gonna maul them. And it turns around and it's goofy looking and they laugh themselves to death. Like, A, that's unique, and B, it's a really fun subversion of expectations. Imagine, like, if the Claw's reveal was actually good and and not just the Claw. The giant Claw. What are you talking about? He's talking about the biggest battleship. Oh, the bird? <laughs> yeah, imagine if, like, that was... <laughs> Like you're watching this horrible thing, and then the giant claw shows up, but it, like it's handled in a non-claw kind of way. It's a wonder it's that awesome. the, the the giant claw um, 
characters didn't laugh themselves to death. I agree. I mean, it it, it kind of <laughs> would be like that if, if, you know, everybody's taking it very dead seriously and then the giant paw shows up and then they all laugh themselves to death. Like, that that would be this segment. Amazing. That would be it's awesome, nuts. by the way. Um, yeah, I but mean, it plays this, really well. Yeah, the, I mean, this thing's less than an hour. It's pretty nuts. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, I, I don't know. The only real, aside from the subtitles, the only real, like, and like just my Americanness, <laughs> not quite getting that black and white uh, short. Um, you know, the only thing I can really say is like, I wish maybe the Kappa segment wasn't as long as it was and you know i don't know maybe make one of the other ones a little longer but um i don't know i i enjoyed it what do, what do we want to you know how many um i think my my only complaint other than what you've mentioned is i don't know that you need a framing story within a framing yeah story. yeah that, that's really strange i don't either again i that's one of i mean i don't th- that's that's a that bizarre be- structure to begin with could that be better explained if the translation were better? Yeah, if, if I knew what was going on with the Russians, maybe it would be less weird. I'm not sure. I really, I really don't know. That is, yeah, it's, the, it's weird though. The, the whole Cosmonaut thing is is strange, just because everything else is some sort of Edo era period piece. Aside from that, and it's not, you know, why. Why do we have this 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 wraparound then uh, that's set in relatively modern times? Yeah, yeah, I um, don't know. Which is kind of antithetical to you know if you consider this, you know, as as a as a tribute, let's say, to the the Yokai Monsters movies, which you know to that point had all been Edo era pieces. You know, it's also kind of throws you <laughs> is that why Daye didn't want to do it were they like what's with the what are you doing why are there russian astronauts get out of here <laughs> yeah, um, although when they rebooted their franchise they they put it in modern day also so. they did indeed but it, it does have that connective tissue in that all of these segments you know it's kind of the yokai are um intervening in a way to punish some human wrongdoer uh, that that you get in at least the first and the third Yokai Monsters movie. Yeah, so. they're, they're, yeah, there, there. It's almost like a, um, I I brought up Tales from the Dark Side, but you know, the, the like EC Comics kind of inspired morality, uh, stories kind of. Right. The first one has that big time. I feel. Yeah, for sure. Um. So how many uh? How many inexplicable Russian astronauts you want to give <laughs> this out of five? Uh, I, I think that the final segment is kind of what pushed it from being like, okay, to being something I genuinely enjoyed. Um, I'm going to go three out of five misplaced eyes and uh, mouths. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good score. I'm right there. Final segment pushed it up. Uh, I, I was enjoying it before that too, but I mean, that definitely solidified it. And if I could understand it better, like Bird mentioned, this could 
this could potentially go like a whole star rating higher, but the the my inability to 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 ram my head through Russian <laughs> and really really bad subtitles uh, really hampers this. I'm at, at three three out of five. Yeah, this is a this is a really uh, playful uh, piece in a lot of places, and you know that's something that happens in a lot of Tesca's movies. So um, I I get a a kick out of his you know kind of sense of um, kind of lack of uh, lack of hardcore seriousness at, at certain times. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, that's, that's why I think I enjoy myself progressively more as it went along. Um, I will, you know, I'm, I think I'm there with you in terms of three out of five, but I'll give it an extra half star just because, you know, it's a, a independent direct-to-video production from a 25-year-old. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm at a three, I think, uh... On repeat viewings, it could grow, and it, it would definitely grow with with you know better subtitles and Russian translation. Um, so I am I'm at a three. Um, so that was 1986. Uh, we are going to jump ahead to 1990. Um, with Monster Heaven Ghost Hero, which will ditch the anthology format for one single story. Um, uh, uh, I guess I can, all right, I can try this, but I'll need help. <laughs> okay, so this is about a, I don't know what, what kind of building is this that these people are working in? I thought, I, I kind of figured it was essentially like a, Wayne Enterprises, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the building from Gremlins 2. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, uh, so there's uh, this guy, uh, Dr. Adachi, who, for whatever reason, is working on um, CGI hologram people. Um, and he's got assistants. One of them is, like, a weird nerd guy that makes, like, holographic porn in the middle of the night when no one is around. And the other one is uh, uh, a girl that kind of seems to have like a crush on him. And then uh, his boss is um, uh, Kevin. You may need to help me with the actor name, but uh, he's, he's the captain in uh, ultra seven, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Shoji, Shoji Nakayama. Yeah. Um, and uh so in the lobby of this 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 building there's like this uh this ancient statue that is said to be um it needs to like stay where it is because it's ho- keeping a curse at bay um uh and that information is delivered to these characters by uh the movie opens at this um nightclub and there's this like new wave band playing um it's like a i don't know 80s new wave kind of rock band and uh <clears throat> they they appear uh to deliver this exposition that they are in fact yokai 
who are good and that 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 statue is keeping a curse at bay um and it's like keeping a ghost which are bad ghosts are bad yokai are good um from coming in i don't know killing people or something um so uh Virgin... It, it was about a curse on the sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the sword hanging up in the boss's office. Um used to be trapped within or trapped underneath that stone, but still trapped underneath slash within that stone. Does that they make sense? Like, they keep saying underneath, but I think it that's like a little bit more metaphorical than than you know, they, like they keep saying, the stone like holds the spirit down. Mm-hmm. Um, is there's an evil spirit in there? But and the, the, it, as long as as long as you don't get any virgin blood on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so then we have the and and I, okay. we have this scuzzy guy who's constantly uh, using an electric shaver. Um, we have again that's played by uh, Masato Ibe, who's returning. And he, uh, his thing is, like, he left the company, uh, because he, like, he snuck some company secrets out and tried to sabotage them, and that didn't work out, and the company was successful anyway, and he's like, oh, I guess I'll just come back here. This, can someone help me with this part of the plot, because why would they rehire somebody like that? Like, why does, how, why does, he's like the, the project director, manager guy. And he's just like, oh, I'll just rejoin the company. Like, can can he do that? Can you do that? Uh, Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, he's he enough a dick. You know? <laughs> he's introduced. Uh, he gets out of his car and immediately kicks a puppy across the street. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the whole time he's just trying to undercut Adachi and he's bullying people and he's sexually harassing all the women. And uh, one night he uh, is trying to get all rapey with a female staff member and they plunge over a balcony and uh, the girl falls to her death and gets blood on the statue. She happened to have been a virgin. And so that's when the movie kind of pivots and becomes uh, almost like a slasher movie where there's this uh um uh uh the 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 bad guy he he transforms into a big hulking kind of uh uh samurai almost like think almost almost like a human sized daimajin and uh carrying around that sword and he's killing you know all these people and uh they're trying to find a way now to stop it and so um, our yokai new wave band, who is like a weird like fox girl, I guess I don't know. And then there's a like a raccoon guitar player who won't stop playing electric guitar, um, and kind of uses the guitar to like I don't know that like that's he plays the guitar to to like it, describe things it's very strange that's yeah it's clearly a, it's clearly a tanuki and my head canon is that that guitar is it's scrotum <laughs> it might as well be um and then there's another guy that has like uh 
a bunch of like big eyes on his face and a bunch of arms um and uh the 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 horny nerd uh guy working on this uh cg um hologram project um for uh reasons that are not disclosed but can't be good um he in his spare time has constructed a holographic virgin warrior <laughs> and that's their plan to defeat this 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 monster and that that doesn't necessarily go well um but i yeah that's that's the story it's uh something He's, he goes the guy's like we need a we need like a hologram or whatever we you know we need to fight it with a virgin and he's like i have a program for that it's uh it's for something else <laughs> <laughs> well we see him looking at porn earlier so you know <laughs> yeah yeah he makes cg porn in his spare time basically um yeah, the, the yeah that that part is clearly like uh, I don't know that that that's uh that one part is almost that's very Tron esque. Um, yeah, it has that kind of like when you go back and watch Tron now feel of like this is what people thought CG was going to be able to do in the future almost. Um, but yeah, this is a a pretty wild film. Um, Oh, and we have a uh, Hideo Amamoto comes back in this one also. Is uh, I'm not exactly sure what he he's he's in an he's in it's a like wheelchair. Like a crazy old man in a wheelchair who's like the curse is coming. Yeah, he's like crazy okay. Ralph from Friday the Thirteenth. Um. Yes, and I guess he's like friends with Yo- the yokai or something. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why they're in a band. I don't. I I don't know. Um, well, the movie's fifty minutes. They had to fill like seven of it with that. So <laughs> this one's seventy-five minutes. Um. Oh, and then at the end, the giant woman comes and hugs the building, and eats the ghost. <laughs> yeah, and eats eats the, the 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 samurai monster. Um. Yeah, this is a a pretty crazy movie. Um. What did you guys think of this? Don't all go at once. It, it, oh. it, go ahead. I, I am a changed person. <laughs> <laughs> after after the one-two punch of these movies, I don't, like, all movies seem weird and conventional. <laughs> um, it, it, I mean, there's there's some really, really cool stuff and some stuff to really, really like here, like, even from a conventional standpoint, you know, like there's some really spectacular effects work. There's some really great makeup work. There's some that's not so great. The guy with the eyeballs all over him, like, yeah, it's a bad mask. Thing. Yeah. Um, person, I don't know what you call it. But like, but like the main antagonist looks awesome. Um, Hideo, even Hideo Amamoto is like, you know, supremely old like whited out eyes and all that stuff like that looks great actually when you think about he wasn't that crazy old looking you know considering he's he appears in a movie 15 years later 
10 years later? GMK, oh. yeah, that's what, 11 years? Yeah. 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 Um, so, so like, all, all, like, the makeup effects are generally super, super good and stuff like that. It's just, there's, there's some... There's some decisions that are made that are just <laughs> bizarre and like some that some that happen just very clearly for like those weird, not weird, but just just very clearly to have like those moments. Um, trying to think of how to explain it. Like, OK, the girl, the, the little like nerdy girl who kind of seems to have a crush on our main character who. We find out, I think you might have left this detail out. He is like the son of the original owner of the company. Right, right, right. And yeah. he's like been set up to be like the, the heir. But instead of like being the CEO and leading the company, he has like chosen to relegate himself to this CGI project. And that's all he does. Um, but the girl who has a crush on him, we basically find out like, oh, she's a virgin. We find that out like when there's a half hour left in the movie and he's like, oh, you got to get out of here and leave. And a hundred percent, I was sitting there like, well, she's going to have to come back because she's the virgin and only a virgin can defeat the ghost. And. You know, like there's things like that that are done that from a script kind of storytelling standpoint are a little kind of cliche just to have that like that borderline deus ex machina moment at the end. Um, but also by sending her away, you get the really insane thing of let's just turn CG into a physical model of a warrior virgin. So you know, you, you <laughs> give and take a little bit. <laughs> I think that, like, the sort of inexplicableness of this entire movie and, like, how every character has some sort of bizarre quirk. Like, yeah, you know, the one guy comes in, not just kicks a puppy, but he's shaving every five seconds. And he just, like, busts <laughs> out his, his electric razor he makes a comment about like not even an eighth of a millimeter would throw me off. And then he's like shaving constantly. He's such a jerk. But like every character in this has a bit of a like a weird quirk, even like, you know, the the yokai monsters and all their you know, we talked about the Tanuki and, and different things. So like it's it's surprisingly a lot of fun, despite any issues that it has that Tom mentioned that are totally that's 100 percent. If you were going to pick it apart, you could. Uh, also, the transformation where like he becomes the the samurai thing, pretty pretty horrific. Because like a hand like almost like comes out and like sticks its fingers in his skull, and it, it's actually a pretty cool sequence. Yeah, that sequence is awesome. Did uh, Haraguchi do come back for this? Do we know uh, who who did the the monster stuff? Uh yes, yeah, he he was he was back on this one. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I had a, I had a really good time with this. It's, it's, I never knew what the next scene was going to do. <laughs> um, I have a question real quick, Bird, because Tom had brought this up. He mentioned a balcony. I thought that was like an elevator shaft that falls through. Me, you was might be right. You might be right. 
the reason I bring that up is because though, like an elevator shaft, oh, like the the end of the elevator shaft is just a drop ceiling directly over <laughs> the the stone thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's not how. What's that... What's confusing about that? To you? <laughs> She falls through and like shows face. I have a drop ceiling, so it's making me laugh. But like, all right, that that's what I thought. I was making sure I wasn't crazy. So thank you. Anyway, continue with your thoughts. <laughs> um, no, I I like the kind of slasher feel of the the last act. It reminded me of um like almost like a better version of Mika Droid. Um. And uh, yeah, I, I over both of these have that kind of like uh, you know Tom always kind of mentions how the '80s were kind of like you know the uh, uh, the dark decade for for Tokusatsu stuff, and and you know these these are just more movies that kind of like kind of scratch that itch, you know they 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 they, they have that kind of um, kind of atmosphere um, and look to them. Um, and I, I really felt that, uh, with, even though this is technically 1990, but uh, it, it, it definitely feels like part of that era. I, I also feel like the direction is a little bit more dynamic. Like when it opened with this kind of, uh, you know, really, uh, I guess, interestingly shot, you know, performance by this new wave band in a club, I was like, oh, wow, this is completely different from from the 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 monster heaven movie i just watched and and uh so i i feel like there's probably some growth as a filmmaker in there too in the what four years or so uh between these but um i don't know i i, I think it's uh i thought it was a enjoyable little movie yeah i mean we know that uh at least three people that worked on this turned around and immediately made Mika Droid, which is interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that sort of eighties, uh, nineties um, era of, of Tokusatsu that I think is, is kind of frequently overlooked, especially in this whole like bubble era um, horror type of stuff. And, you know, another, another, you know, one of my favorite things in the world is Zerum. And uh, there are definitely shades of, of that um, in terms of, you know, our, our big monster guy, you know, stalking through corridors, oftentimes backlit with, with fog and stuff like a slasher villain. Uh, and then we get our, you know, battle between him and a, a silver armored clad woman who is in a, in a hologram zone or whatever. I was like, oh, this is, this is interesting, um, you know. Precursing that as as well as you know Gremlins too, which is another of my favorite things. Uh, so uh, functioning on on many levels there. Uh, I also, you know, it's it's kind of completely plot irrelevant and could technically be uh, cut, but there's a there's a big period kind of before the the ghost is freed that's just the miscellaneous yokai messing with the people that live in the building. <laughs> And uh, it's th those sequences are a lot of fun to me as well. The um, the, the the there's a yeah there's one of them with a uh, Roku Roku B is that is that what it's yeah. called the long necked woman? It's interesting because it's um a Western actress, um like it's like a like kind of strawberry blonde, um white woman, 
uh, is that particular yokai, which uh, I don't know. I I thought that was an interesting choice. That's not something I would have expected to see. Yeah, uh, and, and and then you get the um the the, the one guy's face kind of exploding. As a, yeah. <laughs> what was up with that part? I, I think it was just, you know... there's Yeah, there's a part where a guy's face explodes and, like, a little creature comes out of it. It's, it, it appeared to be just a, just a punk, the, the, the researcher guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also see the same... Uh, it's probably the same suits and, and stuff. Um, the same, like, uh, I guess... Uh, tribe of, of yokai... That we saw in the last movie that like carried the guy off. They're they're back here, um, for uh, not not much, but for for a hot minute. I think some of this is just like Haraguchi showing off what he can do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm still trying to figure out why they let that guy come back. <laughs> I don't know. Does anyone know that? They 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 do say like. like so early on, he, the guy who's currently running the company, who admits he's a placeholder, he 100% admits, he's like, I'm just holding the place until you want it, Adachi, right? And he says, oh, Kur- Kurizoka or whatever the guy's name is, is like, he's coming back. And everyone's like, oh, didn't he quit four years ago? And he's like, yeah, he stole company information and quit. And then they're like, so why is he coming back? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're the head of the company. It's fine. I'm sure I'm sure he's and normal then, now. And then when he comes back, he's like, did you forget? And, and the guy's like, the hell are you talking about? And he's like, Project K, we project lasers through the air and get an image that you can grab. And it's like, okay, but like, what? How does that mean you get to come back to work? <laughs> I, I, I wonder if this like, is also a guy that has like bodyguards that appear to have no function other than to help him sexually uh, molest his employees. So, you know. But they're female, so is that considered progressive? Because <laughs> it's such a st- uh, I think the intent that was like blackmailing, maybe he's blackmailing them with some uh, trade secrets. Who knows? It's hard to say. And then he tries to actually hand them secrets from the company that he just left the day before, so they could do like corporate espionage. And then the 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 current leader of the company is like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. I, it's a whole thing. I I don't know. It's very confusing. And then he gets possessed by the sword and starts murdering people. Yes. Before it gets handed to the true villain. Yeah, it's just insane. <laughs> the part the part with the with the balcony, Matt, I am scrubbing through that part. It's this this doesn't really make any more sense, but it is not an elevator shaft. Um it's just a door that opens. <laughs> <laughs> to like nothing to fall that opens onto a balcony. <laughs> the- now. <laughs> you know, like like doors do when you have when you have a balcony on the inside. 
It's like an unfinished building or something. <laughs> I'd buy that. Look, look, they got a lot of high-tech stuff in there. They just needed they, they to get the Virgin to fall through and land directly on top of that because they needed the blood. So that's how they decided to make that happen. I mean, I do like that they, they when the yokai are like, so you've got this, this, this statue in a glass case in your, in your lobby. You have to make sure you don't get virgin blood on it. And then one scientist like, yeah, it seems really unlikely that that would happen. <laughs> Same day. <laughs> the thing that, like, it, it, it's such a dumb thing, but, like, everything about this movie is so inexplicable. For, and it, it just kind of, like, somehow works. Like, I'm not, it made me laugh and enjoy it more instead of being, like, something that's a deterrent. I agree. Um, well, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I, I had really any, any big issues with it. It, 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 this definitely seems like something that, um, I could see my, uh, I guess I, I could see this going up higher for me on, uh, repeat viewings, um. But uh, I, I I had a really good time with it. Um, so uh, how many um, conveniently uh, placed statues underneath a dying virgin do you give this out of five? So I mentioned I I had a couple of storytelling issues with it right you know that things that happened just to very obviously set up some later kind of reveals um but at the end of the day when you've got a movie where uh, a guy starts carrying around a giant i don't know this this thing has to weigh hundreds <laughs> of pounds stone statue and and starts just beating uh Dimogene to death with it. <laughs> You're doing something right. And so I'm at, I, and again, I think this could go up maybe a little bit. Um, but I'm at a very solid, like three and a half out of five. I found this just overall, it still has that same manic energy and borderline incomprehensibility as as um the monster heaven anthology but it does play better as a story and it has more of a through line and it is more followable this this is almost what i would hope the first one would be if you could understand it right because the subtitles on this are, are normal yeah. good I, I don't know that they're great but they're good um so yeah i'm at a three and a half out of five yeah i'm I'm with tom on that i think the whatever flaws you can find in the movie and they and they're definitely there like i just had too much fun and like the the douchebag you know executive coming back to the company everything that he does you know from from kicking the dog he's he's like having so much fun in this movie that you can't help but enjoy how awful he is in some way. And then obviously when he gets his comeuppance, it makes it feel that much more rewarding. So I, I'm, 
I'm at a solid three out of five. Would definitely recommend people check out. Uh, yeah. When when the 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 new wave band turned out to be crazy yokai, the movie had my curiosity. When the guy kicked a puppy across the street, it had my attention, <laughs> and I just enjoyed it. <laughs> I just enjoyed it a lot um, until the end. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it, right now. It's not something that I feel like I'd watch a ton, but. I would totally watch it again, and I I could see myself liking it even more a second time. Um, I'm giving it a three and a half. I could definitely I could see that going up to a four um, easily. But uh, right now I'm at a three and a half, and I, I I would recommend it for sure. Did you like the part where uh, the bad guy walks back into the but walks into the building and he's like, ah, this building it knows I've been here before. Yeah, <laughs> he start, he's like smelling every. He like smells everything. He smells. Money. I, I <laughs> thought he was like already like like because they keep talking yeah. about like there's this sword. It has a curse on it. I wasn't super duper clear on what all of that really was. I thought like you couldn't get virgin blood on the sword, and that the evil spirit was already out there. That's like I don't know if I just like maybe slightly misunderstood something. And I thought that he was like already possessed or partly possessed by this spirit when he comes back because everything he's like, yeah, this room has an aroma. He picks up the sword in the office and sn- and sniffs it. Um, when he's molesting the girl, he's like, before he does that, he's like, you smell like a virgin. Like, I thought he was already an evil spirit. <laughs> Uh yeah, he's weird. Um Kevin, what do you what do you give this out of 5? Uh so this is the third time I've watched this movie in a year, so you can probably tell that I am uh I'm very pro uh Monster Heaven Ghost Hero. Uh I, you know, just I I find myself enjoying it immensely. Something about the the aesthetic and you know the whole vibe just this really clicks for me so i'll give it um four and a half out of five tanuki playing a guitar to create an illusion of a forest where a ghost samurai is being attacked by vines while another yokai with four arms is programming very quickly using his four arms while the scientist uses his power glove to make a a 3d hologram of a warrior woman to fight the ghost yokai (laughs) do you think that's how they wrote it in the script just using those same words probably lots lots of cocaine or something (laughs) um all right uh no those are i these these were fun i would recommend them and um yeah i mean uh, the this is like you know uh we're we're getting into really obscure stuff so you know i'm not gonna pretend these are the easiest to find If, if anyone's interested and they want to check them out, you know, as always, we say drop us a line. We can steer you in the right direction. Um, you know, uh, I don't know who owns the rights to these or what, but, um, you know, I, if these got like a, a Blu-ray release here or something, I'd, I'd be all about it. So, um, all right. What's the, deal with the, what's the deal with the part at the very end where the, the yokai go back home and then we pan into... Hideo Amamoto and he's like all ominously because like the yokai were the heroes but he's all ominously like 
As long as there is darkness within human hearts, the yokai will always return. And you're like, whoa, dude, they just saved everything. Why you gotta be like that? Uh, maybe it's because they come to deliver, you know, justice. Maybe he's a yokai racist. <laughs> you know, he tackles the hard-hitting issues. Is, is he ominous or just old at this point? You know, that's the other thing. <laughs> I don't know. You, you rewatch that last 10 seconds. It, like, pans in on his face. The lighting changes. It drops to all being dark, and he's underlit like he's holding a, a flashlight under his face. And he's like, as long as there is darkness in human hearts, the yokai will return. And you're like, whoa. They just saved your life, bud. But they also like that, they also dispatched of the guy with uh, darkness in his heart. Oh, maybe. I don't know why he said it like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I, I guess uh, we good here. Is that, is that that's it? That's Monster Heaven, people. I, I really hope somebody somebody is able to pick these up for. For U.S. distribution, they have DVD releases in Japan. So, oh, uh, I would, I would buy an SRS of these in a heartbeat. Knock on wood. Saying it from the hills. Yeah. Um. There you go, Ron. You got one sale. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's let's get out of here. Bye. Bye. Happy Halloween! Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions Podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.